Phil. Are you listening? Damn. What's going on, YouTube? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Race to 100. I'm your co-host, Neil Patang. Hi, I'm Rick Storcell. And this is episode number 14. Episode 14 of Race to 100. Before we get started, I want to give a really quick... Uh, Shout out to, we just launched our podcast on iTunes, it's the audio version. I know that sometimes our, this is for my you know, fellow podcast listeners out there, I love podcasts, so I thought that it would be a great idea to get uploaded to iTunes in case you're in your car, in case you <laughs> use data like a mofo like I do a lot of times, <laughs> that you, uh, you can go to iTunes, we will include the link down below, just click on that, get to your phone. And I know for some of our longer interviews, it's probably a little better to listen to it than perhaps watch us, but that's just me. Uh, check it out, iTunes, it'll be great. We're trying to get some people to subscribe, so please participate in that. And anything that you can do to help share and spread the word about Race to 100, we greatly appreciate. So thank you for, for making this a possibility. So, let's begin. Let us begin. I'm going to ask you... Two questions. I guess it's it's one question, two question, a two part question. Does white privilege exist? And if so, what is your experience with white privilege? White privilege. Does white privilege exist? Then I know this this term pisses hmm. off a lot of people, but it's something we have to talk about. <laughs> yeah, my personal opinion is white privilege absolutely exists. Okay. And what was the second question? What is white privilege to you? I, okay, you know what? Allow me to allow me to help you out, right? So if you've been stumped, this is what white privilege is to me, and maybe you can piggyback off of this. White privilege is when you can leave your house, go about your daily activities without being cognizant of the color of your skin. The black man in America has to be aware of the color of his skin when he leaves the house. The black man in Africa does not. Yes. The Mexican person has to be aware of their ethnicity when they leave home whenever they do things because our actions are interpreted differently based off of the color of our skin. And, and the question that tends to be the, the catalyst for me <clears throat> and the one that started getting my mind adjusted to the idea that as a, as a white person I inherently have white privilege. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I didn't ask for white privilege. I didn't, I didn't ask to be treated any differently. I mean, that's just the way that the world works, yeah, you know? Yeah. But it was, it was the question of, you're walking down the street late at night, who, who are you going to, who are you more likely to be scared of? A, a black guy in a hoodie coming up behind you? Or a white, white guy, guy in a hoodie. Wearing a polo. Or even a white guy in a hoodie. Or even, or, even a, or even a black guy in a polo and a white guy and in a hoodie. I think where a lot of pushback comes back is that a lot of white people say, oh no, I would, I would totally see them both equally. I wouldn't see one as more dangerous than the other. I, I'm totally colorblind when it comes to that sort of stuff. Which a lot of, a lot of white people do say, and I think that they honestly believe. I think that I believe that as well before I started looking into this a little bit more and spending years and years studying it. When you get to a certain point where you, you, you have to acknowledge that these biases that we have are subconscious. They're not, yeah. it's not like we're going out. It's not like white people go out, most white people anyway, mm -hmm. aside from like the KKK or other people who are intentionally focused on racial segregation. 
people don't go out and say, I'm going to make a conscious decision to be aware of my race. No one does that. It's all, it's all subconscious. White people do not, do not have the, the mechanism to be aware of that consciously of how their actions, however slight. Because I would hear, when I was at seminary, I would hear stories from my African-American counterparts of how they'd meet someone and it would be something as simple as like a, a little reaction of like wiping your hand after you shook, shook a black person's hand. I don't know if you've had any experience like that. Some, something as little as that, where they're not thinking about it. It's like you shake your hand, go like that. Like, but there is there are racial undertones to that. Whereas yeah. you shake a white person's hand, and you don't get the same reaction. Gotcha. Now that's not the same case in every single instance. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their own little idiosyncrasies. Mm -hmm. But there are subconscious elements that, unless you're talking about, unless you're you're perpetually aware of it, you're not going to know you're participating in. Yeah. And that's the thing. So people get, white people get very frustrated, I found, mm. when you say that they have white privilege. Because they're like, no we don't. Because they assume that it's a conscious, intentional thing. Yeah. Something that you work towards or something that you actively engage in. No, it's, it's a passive engagement. Yeah. And no. that's... Yeah. And, 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 and that's all it is. It's, 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 no one's to blame. No one in particular, but that's just the way it is, you know. I have to be aware of, you know, the color of, of, of my skin and how I'm acting in a, in, in a public setting, you know, and, and people of other ethnicities and cultures can, can attest to it as well. The Indian person can, the Asian, um, well, India's in Asia, <laughs> I mean, the Latino, etc. So let me ask so you. It's uh, something that we just have to deal with. I know we're talking about white privilege, but for example, how conscious are you on a regular basis of your... It's, it, it, it's something your parents teach you as a kid. It, it's something your parents teach you as a kid. For, for, for example, for example, I was never allowed to play with toy guns. All the cool kids had all the cool super soakers and you know the cool assault rifles and would ride their bikes. Your fellow white suburbanites, fellow white suburbanites, white suburbanites, people like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, even the, the black kids in the suburbs said that. But my dad always said, "Listen, you don't play with guns when you leave the house. You don't play with any of that stuff. You want to go have fun, do whatever. No cops and robbers, no none of that, because he never wanted any of." Um, my actions as a child to be misinterpreted for, for criminal activity, ever. He never wanted it to be interpreted as such. So that's why he taught me that. That's something that a lot of black kids, um, Latino kids have to, have, to, have to, you know, be leery of, you know, whenever they leave their house. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of a different race and I must conduct myself, you know, a, a little differently than, than, than the norm. Um, and it's unfortunate, but it's just something we got to deal with. Yeah, and I would say that when it comes to conversations on race, you have movements like Black Lives Matter, you have other uh, organizations that, that are out there that exist to try and call attention to racial disparities. But when it comes down to it, white people as a whole, I think that individuals are aware of it, but white people as a whole need need to hear what white privilege is in a language that they yeah. understand. Because yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't until somebody articulated it to me in a way that could really relate to me in that example of who would you be more scared of. Yeah. We all have our own trigger to get us thinking a little bit more about this, but 
I think white people who have had experiences with understanding the impact of white privilege need to be able to start communicating that a little more clearly to fellow white people. It's not, it, it shouldn't be the responsibility of the African American community to explain what white privilege is to white people. White people need to take some sort of responsibility and start having this conversation which I don't really see as something that's, that's I'm not too hopeful about that topic of conversation <clears throat> in coming to the, the forefront because most, most white people I believe still either deny that, that white privilege exists or are unwilling or feeling helpless to do anything about it. Okay. So feel free to like, comment, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our podcast on, uh, on iTunes and let us know what you guys think about this particular topic. Does white privilege exist? What are your experiences with it? Any and all feedback definitely helps. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Race to 100. We will catch you next time. Peace.